0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: It's time for the Blue Glows Podcast. With your hosts, Alonso and Juan, Alicia Del Valle, and the
2: baby face gimmick in the sky, Roger.
1: That online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting, contests, and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to BetOnline today to become part of the team and remember to use promo code BLEE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. The game starts here.
2: So, how's it going, Cody?
0: Doing well. How you doing, Roger? It's, it seems like we got someone new to join the show this week.
2: Yeah, we got an, another episode of the Brios podcast, and if you're watching, right, I suggest you watch this episode because if you rec- you might recognize the guys on, on our screen right now. This is Carlos Alfaro. If you remember, we did an episode out in the streets a couple weeks ago, and there was one person that we interviewed on the streets, and just kind of just blew us away with his knowledge and just everything he knew i guess it was his tryout for the show he was so good we invited him to come on an episode carlos how are you doing man
1: i'm good roger how are you doing cody pleasure meeting you so tell uh, us a
2: little bit about yourself carlos like for you know people that are joining in and maybe didn't get to watch that episode just a little bit about your background and how long you've been a dodger fan and stuff so
1: the interesting thing that i got into baseball uh honestly basically on my own uh back in like 79 80 uh my dad used to have tickets uh through his company through uh like he used to work for lawyers and stuff and so we used to go to Dodger Stadium and I became a fan instantly uh my uh, during that time I started um I discovered baseball cards and was probably like my biggest thing it was just I started collecting baseball cards I had no idea I had v- any value back then and so I didn't take care of them so they're all like around the edges, nothing sharp edges, they're all beat up, you know, but I kept them. Um so after that, you know, I became a big Dodger fan. Uh followed them through the 80s, you know. I was very emotional when they would lose and stuff like that. And, you know, so now I'm a season ticket holder. Uh my wife and I attend about 30 to 40 games a year and just huge fans and, you know, you know, e- even back when I was younger, I actually kept my own stats. I, I used to collect newspapers and stats of all the players. So I was really into baseball and all the numbers about the game, you know, but definitely back then it was only like batting average, you know, hits, RBIs and just strike that. Now it's like, you know, the analytics are out of control, you know, I like some of them. I'm not so big on them, but I think some of them are important. I still like batting averages. I think it's still important, you know, but I know uh, OPS is like uh the main thing now so, so that's that's my background on baseball i've been a dodger fan since like i said 79 80 so we're talking about over 40 43 plus years
2: okay. yeah i don't know if you're like me like i used to have i'd buy every time i'd go like to a, a liquor store market i'd buy like a pack of, of of baseball cards and like back then like the same thing as you like like i wanted them and i thought they were cool and maybe i'd trade for some but i didn't like really know the value in them so i'd get them and probably. I'd stick them in a box, just like a cardboard box i had, and just, you know, throw them in there, and they'd probably get all jacked up. And these are all cards, maybe the same, around the same time, probably late, maybe early 80s, and then I have no idea what happened to those cards. And I'm sure there was probably a lot of good cards in there, but, like, I have no clue what happened to them. I remember, though, one time I was looking to kind of make money, I'm like, you know, 10, probably a little less than 10, <laughs> and, like, I'd get a, you know, a stack of cards, I'd, like, wrap them up like an aluminum foil, and I, and I was trying to find people to buy them off me but that that didn't work out but then you know here we are like i said i I wish i could find those cards because i know there's a a lot of good stuff in there but oh well but um i mean we we have you on today because we want to talk some baseball like there's been you know dodgers have been in camp now what going into the third week right they've been in two weeks going to third week and the biggest news that always keeps coming out is Shohei Otani, right? And today the the big news with Shohei Otani was he took live BP for the first time. And in Shohei fashion, he ends up hitting a home run in, in one of his, his sessions. And I got it here. Just I'll cue it up real quick and then we kind of just go over it. I mean, so so you can hear – I mean, obviously there's not that many people, you know, there right now. But, I mean, there is a good-sized crowd, and you can hear the excitement when he hits that home run. I mean, Cody, I mean, is anything this guy's doing now surprising you?
0: No, I mean, I feel like f- for someone that watches baseball as much as we all probably do and the people that watch this so do, we know the type of player Otani is. And I've said it, you know, repeatedly throughout my time here is that – you know, if there's anyone that could come back from, you know, multiple Tommy John surgeries that can also hit and pitch at an elite level still, it's this guy right here. He's just what you would describe as a freak athlete. Um, you know, one of the biggest concerns, you know, I had when we initially signed him was just the health. Just because, you know, it's really not common for guys to come back as fast as he is, even with the Tommy John surgery. Even Bryce Harper, who came back last year for the Phillies, you know, he still had his up and downs throughout the entire 2023 campaign and didn't really come back into his own until the end of the season going into October. So I'm interested to see how Otani kind of goes through the tribes and tribulations with the surgery, the rehab, getting re or like joining a whole new team, all new coaches, you know, it's a whole different thing for him. So, um, but I think it was really encouraging, you know, last week we saw, you know, obviously the Dodgers posted all over their social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, of him taking his first like, like batting practice, and it looked really good. You know, he hit multiple home runs. All the beat reporters were going crazy about it. And then finally was one of I would say probably one of the last steps in his, you know, you know check boxes that he had to take off for his rehab, and that's doing live abs. You know, um, we saw the first one that he had was against Ryan Brazier. He kind of yeah. just took five pitches, probably just trying to get a feel with his eyes um get a feel for the zone, get a feel for the speed, everything like that. Um ended up striking out against Blake Trinan, which we could probably probably get into later in this episode as well. Um Trinan looked pretty good, but you know, he struck out against Trinan there. And then we saw the home run in the video that Roger just put up there um off JP Fire Eyes, And so um it kind of looked effortless. It, you know, it kind of looked like he just barreled it up. It looked like a, a batting practice swing, but it was alive at bat. And, you know, he hit it right over the fence. So I think it's all encouraging to see from him. Um, they still, you know, in the article I posted today on Dodgers beat, you know, they really don't know if he's going to play any spring games this year. Um, Dave Roberts did say it would be delayed, but um, I've been kind of theorizing here the past couple of weeks that I don't believe he's going to get any action. But it's going to be interesting to see because if he keeps going extremely fast in his rehab, we could see him in, you know, a couple games before that that series opener in Korea.
2: And and we'll get into that his his timeline, but Carlos, I, I wanted to ask you. So, I mean, what have your been your impressions, you know, of that home run today, and how he's been doing the last couple weeks since he reported at camp? What what have you been thinking of of what you're seeing from Shohei?
1: So, so you know, what I've been thinking is, um, I actually had a talk with my son this morning about how, you know, you know, us Dodger fans, even though the National League and American League have integrated now we're primarily a national league team. So unless you like go out of your way to watch the angels, you don't, you, you know who he is, Shohei, but you don't, you haven't really seen him daily, you know, and now that he's a Dodger, and, and, you know, big and you're we're all Dodger fans. We are watching him daily. And now we're seeing like the magnitude of his skills. I mean, it's, it's impressive. Uh, like Cody noted, I think his first batting practice, you know, he hit like 10 home runs. You know, they were like I think I don't know if they are consecutive, but they they yeah. sure looked like they were consecutive at bats. Uh, today's shot against uh, Fire Rising, you know, it was it was it was it was epic. It was a, it was a great shot. I heard it was right center, and you know, e- even even the pitcher Fire Rising said, "Oh, it was exciting to you know see this home run go out." You know, so you know, we're 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 just like seeing like what he can do, and I I can only imagine how exciting it's going to be to see a home run like that at Dodger Stadium, going out to like the 314, 312 section, and people are just dying to catch that ball. That's what gets me excited. I'm like, I can't wait. So I actually have, I'm actually trying to get more tickets for the outfield, trying to you know see if I get lucky and catch a ball, you know? But it's gonna be, it's gonna be exciting for that person who catches that first home run, that Otani home run at Dodger Stadium. And just impressed so far with his ability, you know, and and what he can do. Um, from From what I've heard is that, you know, he won't be in the opener next i believe it's next thursday he won't be in the opener for the spring uh the spring opener he he'll play some, they're saying that he'll play some games but he'll be ready for korea
2: yeah and and you're making a good point as far as like like yeah we've we've all known what shohei otani could do you know we'd see him when he played the dodgers you know we might catch him on some other games right but now we're seeing him every day like you're saying like we're seeing everything that he does right especially at a dodgers camp where you know we're following that Every single thing. So we're seeing all his, all his ABs, all his, you know, just whatever he's doing. And I think it's bringing so much excitement now to this, to just watching that. Like every time, like every, every morning I'm, you know, I'm checking, I'm checking Twitter. I'm like, Oh, what's Shohei doing today? Right. Is he taking live ABs? Is he going to just, you know, kind of just take regular batting practice. So it is, you know, it's, there's a lot of excitement with Shohei. And like you said, once, once the season starts and that first home run at Dodger stadium, I mean, it's going to be pretty epic, and I mean, whoever catches that ball, too, I mean, I'd, I'd probably hold on to that ball for a bit, because I'm sure that ball's going to have a lot of value, but getting, getting into kind of his timeline, we did hear from Doc Roberts uh, this week regarding where he thinks, you know, if he's going to go and get into the Cactus League games, and, and like you mentioned, Cody, you did write something on Dodgers beat to kind of give us more detail of what, what Doc said about uh, his timeline.
0: Yeah, I think it's ever since the Dodgers signed Otani, the next question that was on a lot of Dodger fans' mind is, you know, what is his timetable? You know, he did get a surgery. He ended his season with an oblique injury, which is one of those, that's one of those injuries that's really tricky, especially it's something that could potentially linger. Um, So you want to make sure he checks off all the boxes. You want to make sure that this guy is healthy. The Dodgers made a huge investment for a reason. They're not going to want, you know, like damaged goods or they want him at his... Best potential, and they want him at his most healthiest. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, Dave Roberts pretty much assured the media today that he is a lot further along than, than what they anticipated. He assured that Otani probably thought he he himself was going to be at this point in his progression. Um, I think the one thing I've kind of taken away from a lot of these you know media segments between Roberts and Otani and his camp is that there's a lot of communication between Otani and the Dodgers, like coaching staff, and then their medical staff trying to get a feel for things because you know there was some communication, uh, miscommunication between uh, Otani taking live at bats throughout the weekend. They ended up just not doing it, just regular um, batting practice. Um, So I think it's a a mix of Otani taking things slow, the Dodgers taking things slow. They're going to take their time with Otani. Um, And then seeing him take live at bats today is that's a, that's an encouraging sign because, you know, we are, they are starting games this week. I believe on Thursday, we talked before the show started. Um, They will be starting. It'll TV, you know, Padres Dodgers. That'll be the first spring game this upcoming Thursday. So, you know, the season's coming a lot faster than we may think. Um, And having Otani be as healthy as he can be for opening day is all that matters. So, um, there is a possibility he does get some cactus league games in the second half of the spring training, especially leading up to that series, which I imagine is if he is going to play would be probably maybe a week or a week and a half before that series begins. So, uh, but it looks like he's healthy. It looks like everything's going according to plan in terms of him as the batter. I think we're going to see a lot more questions later on this season about how he's progressing with his, you know, his arm and his elbow, because you really haven't seen anything newsworthy about anything about that coming out of Dodgers camp, Otani's camp. You know, that's been pretty under the wraps right now.
2: And I was mentioning, like, I mean, pretty much everything o- Otani's doing, right? Like it, it's like, it's just exciting. Like, Dodgers camp right now is just exciting all around, right? We even had um, uh, Yamamoto had his his first live BP as well a couple of days ago as well. We've seen guys uh, like Blake, Blake Trinan on live BPs. Uh, we've seen guys like Brazier was throwing today as well. And all these guys are looking good. I mean, they're all looking, you know, pretty good. They're, they're, seems they're at their point where, where they should be so far into spring. Uh, have you ch- had a chance to ta- kind of, did you see the reaction the other day, uh, Carlos, to Yamamoto's uh, bullpen session as well? Or,
1: yeah, no, I did. I did. I, I saw that after he, you know, completed his, uh, uh, live BP throwing session, you know, Mookie Betts. Uh, I think it was Muncie and F- Freddie were out there, you know, giving him high five, giving him a hug and stuff. So, yeah, he looked good. I, I like that um, that one video with the sequence where they're showing his fastball, and it just looks like it's got pop. And you can see it explode at the last second. It's got pop. His curveball looks great. You know, he's got nice curveball. So, yeah, no, it's it's exciting. I think you know when you mentioned the other pitchers, I I think having Yamamoto, having Otani, it's like they're elevating these guys, not that they weren't ready already, but I think it's just giving an extra boost to like, uh, Hey, I'm going to work harder. I, I, you know, I, you know, I don't want to be the the guy at the bottom, I guess, you know, just these guys look good. These guys look sharp. I mean, I love the, when they're showing the bullpen sessions of all these guys and you can just hear the pop in the, in the glove, these guys are working hard and uh, it's showing, it's showing through, through the whole, you know, the the bullpen guys. Um, I heard somewhere today that um, that it looks like uh, I think it's Hudson I think it's Hudson. Uh, who else is it? Hold on, let's see. Hudson, uh, Trinan, and Fireheisen. They they look like they're going to be on the active roster by the time they get to the Korea Series.
2: Yeah, I mean that that Yamamoto. I mean he was going up against like Bats and Freeman, and Freeman was saying like he looked incredible. I mean just what you've seen from him. You know his his pitch sequencing. What were your thoughts on that, Cody? What did you take away from his first uh, his first uh, live BP and from some of the other guys that we're seeing like trying and going out there and and today he he looked really good as well
0: yeah I'm gonna agree with Carlos I really like the Dodgers video of the pitch sequencing you know it looked like his fastball was like just because of the way his pitching mechanics are it looks like you know he covers the ball extremely well and then it just comes after you right away so even if his fastball isn't like if it's like 94, 95, the fact that it's like you're not getting it the visual with your eyes makes it seem like it's almost 100 miles per hour, which is it's big in, the, in Major League Baseball. Um, I think the my biggest surprise about that was just a break on his curveball. One of the pitches that earth frames that they had, this thing pretty much dropped from 12 to 6 all the way down. Um, had some great break. Um, Dodgers definitely did the research on this guy. You know, I'm pretty sure we're all in agreement that most of his stuff will translate from Japan to the MLB. There probably will be still a learning curve. And I've kind of alluded to that. You know, maybe his first couple starts, especially in the first month or two of the season, he may be a little bit up and down as he works through, you know, transitioning from Japan to the MLB. Um, But there is also just the possibility that he just dominates right from the get go, just because no MLB hitters are used to seeing what he has. So um, I'm extremely excited to see what Yamamoto brings to the table. Um but my guy that i I've kind of been high on, and i'm so, I'm so glad that Deandre's traded for him and it's just a guy that i I thought made sense when he was his, his name was available on the trade market that's Tyler Glass now. you know this guy he has suffered a lot of injuries throughout his career, but you know being here on the east Coast. I, I'm friends with a couple of Pirates fans. They loved him when he was in Pittsburgh. And then I, I know a couple of Rays fans as well. And he was really, he was a pretty much big piece of the, those Rays teams that have made the playoffs the past couple of years. years. Um, and I think now at the age he's at the the team he's on, he's pretty much in the best hands that he could be in his entire career. And it seems like he's the healthiest that he's ever been in his entire career. And, you know, they were saying that he was pumping 97 miles per hour this early in spring, which, just sounds electric and the Dodgers gave this guy an extension, you know, they have a multi-year commitment for this guy. Um, and it's really something that Dodgers, I believe have lacked the past couple of years. And that's just, you know, a true ACE. Like, obviously we had Kershaw, you know, we've, we've missed Bueller the past couple of years, but there really hasn't been that frontline guy that we know we can depend on not just one year, but for multiple years, you know, we've had some guys come and go throughout the years, in Dodgers blue like Max Scherzer and other names. Um, but I think it's good now that we have a solid foundation between glass now and Yamamoto, which in my opinion, it seems like that's going to be the one, two in the Korea series, no matter how, how you put it. And we already know Dave Roberts mentioned Yamamoto's name. He will be pitching one of those games.
2: Yeah. you see, seeing glass now kind of escape my, my, my thought right now as well, just because there's so much stuff that's going on, right? Like we mentioned, you know, Otani and Yamamoto and, and then you have, Trying and pitching really good. And then you you know, just all these things that we're seeing right now, all these moving parts. You know, I forgot about Tyler Glasnow. I mean, he yeah, like you mentioned, he was almost throwing a hundred. I mean, I know you've picked him to be your Cy Young this season, right, Cody? I, I definitely forward, think he will. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what Glasnow is gonna bring. Um, Carlos, what did you think of that of that deal when they when they picked up Glasnow and, and so far what you're seeing so far in the spring?
1: Yeah, you know, to Cody's point, I think that the Dodgers lacked uh, a number one. You know, we yeah, Kershaw, you know, he's still a great pitcher, but you know, he's lost some speed. I mean, he's he's reinvented himself, which is great. He's he's done a great job doing that. But a true number one, you know, Miller's young and so we've not had one. So I I almost feel like we have two number ones, honestly. Uh, you know, whoever wants to take the lead, I you know, I'm sure it's, it's a team sport. Sure, I'm sure they won't take it personal. But I, you know, if, if starts in, in Korea class, I'll probably start at Dodger stadium uh, the opening game. So it's great. I think it's two number ones as opposed to one and two. Um, you know, I'm also even excited about Paxton. I, I saw some of his highlights from 2023 and he, he tops at 96, 97, you know, I know that he had some like a knee injuries or knee problems at the second half of the season. So it was, it reflected in his stats, but you know, hopefully that's taken care of. So he's, he's, and that's your number five i mean it, it's exciting to 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 get the season started and, and like the first series against the cardinals with four game series and we're going to have glass now yamamoto probably miller and and, and paxton it, it, it could be a sweep the first series you know so that gets me excited just seeing that uh the glass now you know trade was fantastic the extension was even better and they believe in him you know and and uh, you know they, they're going to have to learn how to manage these guys' injuries. You know, all these guys do come with injuries, but you know, you know, we we know historically, Dodgers' training staff and the Dodgers' pitching staff has notoriously been one of the best out there. So I think they'll learn how to manage that and how to keep them healthy. And you know, and you know how I don't know if you guys read about this whole thing about the phantom IL thing that came out. This this whole controversial yes. thing. So I'm not saying that Dodgers should use that, but you you know that teams do it you know like oh you're not doing that well you know take go go to the aisle take, take take some time off you know and rehab or whatever it is you know so i mean not saying they should do that but you know that's that's something that i know that they'll figure down the line i know the players the dodgers are not too big on the six-man rotation saying that that's more of a hindrance than than, than an advantage so that's another you know I'm, I kind of like it, but, you know, I'm not a pitcher. I don't know. You know, their routine is like so strict. They're so used to five days and, you know, they're going to pitch on the fifth day. But, you know, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's it's just kind of – it's it's like a whole new team, honestly, you know. it's like And, and like I said, I, I'm super excited to see these guys go out there and just play, you know. And um, it, it is coming quickly, you know, but, uh, you know, not quick enough. I, I want opening day tomorrow.
2: Yeah, I mean – to your point, though, too, yeah, I mean, there, there's been a kind of like, okay, we know the history with Glass now, right? And we know, we're hoping everything is good. I mean, he looks really great, right? He looks really good. So we're hoping that's all behind him. Another guy kind of in the same spot as Glass now is Walker Bueller. And we're kind of hearing he's going to be pushed back a little bit. He's not yeah. going to be starting on time. I think he did mention he'd, he'd like to get into a couple Cactus League games, but um, we're probably not going to see that, right? Maybe it might be a couple weeks a month that Walker Bueller is behind, but, you know, we'll see what, is there anything you've been hearing on, on Walker Bueller and what kind of why this delay with Walker Bueller right now, Cody?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of been the assumption, you know, it's a little confusing to a lot of Dodger fans just because we remember last year in September, you know, uh, he was planning to come back and he he made a rehab start. He looked good in that one inning that he pitched. And then you just didn't hear anything after. And then once they got back to the homestand, you know, they said, yeah, we're just going to shut it down and we'll pick things up next year. We don't want to risk anything. Um, I think that I thought that was smart at the time because, you know, the Dodgers, you know, Walker Bueller is coming off his second Tommy John surgery, whether it's a revision or something, whatever you want to call it they still had to do with some type of surgery in his arm. And it, it it's statistically on other pitchers that have gotten the surgery multiple times, doesn't bode well for them. There's only a couple names that I can think off the top of my head. Number one guy is Nathan Avaldi, That's probably the only guy that's still playing currently at a high level that has came back for multiple Tommy John surgeries. Bueller and the Dodgers, you know, they have the luxury to delay his start, which is what they decided to do. When he is going to come, Dave Roberts wouldn't really put a um, -- I forget how he put it today, a firm timetable for his return, which makes sense. Um, I would say I would compare it similar to what Bobby Miller went through last year. Um, last year in spring, Bobby Miller didn't see any action. Dodgers shut him down because he had some shoulder issues, and he ended up not making any appearances in the Cactus League, and then ended up making his MLB debut sometime in late May. I believe he made his debut. And then he still pretty much pitched 100 and 100 I believe 20 innings um, last year on his way to being pretty much the Dodgers, in my mind, the, the number one pitcher on the rotation last year after Kershaw, you know, kind of the second half went downhill just due to his health. Um, I, I imagine Bueller will probably come back around that same time because I think he's healthy. I think everything we've seen in the videos and from him himself speaking to the media or on whatever podcast he's on, it sounds like he's ready. Um, he, there may be a few ticks off his fastball, but I think one of the things that was really interesting was a, a an LA Times article that um, Dylan Hernandez wrote, um, basically saying how Walker Bueller kind of had to like transition his body. You know, he had to gain a little bit of extra weight to put some muscle on his arm because it was just too much of a violent motion that would, you know, not bode well for his career. So I think there was something that he game went from like 185 pounds to 208 pounds here in spring training. And you can kind of see that he did looks a little more, you know, Jersey's looking a little tighter. Um, but, you know, I think that that's good for him because, you know, he is reaching his thirties. He does have to adapt his body if he wants to continue to stay in the league. Um, and if that means, you know, losing a few ticks off his fastball, I mean, so be it. You know, you can still find other ways to get people out. But um, the best thing for him, though, is that the Dodgers don't need him to be that ace that they needed him to be last year or the year before. They really just need him to slot in as the third or fourth starter, and they'll be fine come October. And that's the whole thing that they're doing this delayed start for. Maybe he is ready to start the season in April and May, but wouldn't you rather have Walker Buehler at his, you know, you know, fully loaded, in October, which is when we desperately need him, I, I would say every Dodger fan agrees to that.
2: Yeah. I mean, so, Carlos, you're mentioning, you know, the one, the your aces, your one, two, right, with Yamamoto on glass now. I mean, Walker Buehler is an ace, right? When he's healthy, he's an ace in this game as well, right? And then you have an emerging ace in Bobby Miller. So you got four aces right there. How does that make you feel, Carlos? You got four aces.
1: No, no, it's definitely, like I said, I repeat myself, it's exciting. It's exciting to know that the, Starting pitching, the rotation is stacked. You know, you got literally four number ones. You know, um, you you know what what Cody brings to mind. What he was saying about Dodger fans, I totally agree. It's like it was kind of weird how he he did. You know, he had a rehab last year and he was thinking about coming for the playoffs, and then they 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 closed, they shut that down. But then he comes this year and he he might not even pitch in the Cactus League any games, according to what I read, and that you know it's, it's uh, his timetable is uncertain what I will say is since a lot of these guys are coming from injuries you know Kershaw's coming back from injury the I, I think it's more of like how do we how do we limit these guys their innings to get them to when we get to the playoffs they're fully ready to go so I think it makes sense what they're doing like don't play Bueller right now you know kind of ease you know take it easy on the innings pitched and then get to like I would say, it, it's almost this crazy theory I have, right? The Dodgers have been doing bad for the last two years in the wild card, right? I'm like, okay, maybe the Dodgers should be a wild card team. Maybe they should, they should do bad the first month, and then after the first month in May, start playing really hard, and then they'll they'll roll into the playoffs at the wild card and continue playing. That's like a hypothetical, you know. But my my thing is like with the players right now, with the with the pitching, yeah, start them later, you know. Start them in. I think I think Kershaw comes back in the middle of the year, so he's going to only pitch half a full, half a season. And then go into the playoffs. I I believe that Bueller's not going to be as. I think he's going to pitch a little more, but they're going to do something like that where they're going to hold him back a little bit. And I think that's. I think that's a strategy what they're doing, you know. And I'm okay with it. I think that's fine. I mean, you still got the young guys. You got, um, you got Grove or you got Stone that can that can slide into the fourth and five spot for the first month and a half or so. So you know, it's it's like I said, it's it's a good it's it's a good problem to have that you have these many starting pitchers. And you got these young guns that that can hold the, you know, hold down the four until these guys come back and they're fully like ready to go through, through the end of the season and through the playoffs.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like, like Cody was saying, like, I mean, if you got a healthy Bueller going into October, right. And then if you get Kershaw back, you know, sometime in, you know, August, maybe even September, right. You get him rolling into September. I mean, they're going to be, you know, hopefully in a, a lot better spot right than they were i remember oh, yeah. when it was we came october time we're like well who's gonna pitch is it like they didn't know who they had a number one number two so you know totally everything's totally flipped you know going into hopefully you know this year in the postseason we should see all these guys are just going right into october that's you know that's that's the hope and we we hope to see that once october rolls, rolls around that, now, that, i want to kind
1: of i mean i want more thing. anything's better than lance land pitching in, in october
2: yeah, yeah, can't, those can't agree those, those Lance <laughs> Lynn home runs, uh, and I think I think he just gave up another one actually right now. So, so uh, we'll we'll see what happens hey, coming hey, October
1: op- opening series. Uh, Lance Lynn against Veltani. See what happens. Yeah. I didn't even I think, think about, the first about home that. Run. I forgot like about two that. home runs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now, I thought about him like okay, it'll yeah, be the home run. We'll be talking about that. <laughs>
2: Speaking of the opening, I did real quick. I, I did see something on on one of Cody's other favorite topics is the uniform. Something about the. Their alternates oh, the aren't going to be ready, right? The, yeah. the alternate uniforms. So they might just be in their road grades, right? They might not have the baby blues that they usually wear.
0: Yeah, usually they wear... Because I, I think that opening series takes place on, like... I think it's, like, what? Like, Friday, Thursday, Friday, and, like, into Sunday or something like that. Usually the right. Sunday is the Cardinal Blues, which is one of my... Personally, one of my favorite jerseys around the league. You know, I, I'm i a... I'm a Love them baby blue jerseys. So I'm hoping the Dodgers bring something similar to the table this year. Um, But, yeah, it looks like Nike's just not going to have them ready, which I don't know how. I mean, you have pretty much a whole year to prepare for. And if you've watched the show recently and if you've read any of my articles about the entire Nike and Fanatics and every changes that they've made, I would say it's pretty much universally hated by almost everybody. Even the players are starting to mount their frustration. I saw an article today where it was basically Fernando Tatis, who was sponsored by Nike, was pretty much saying, these don't fit, we have a problem. And now you're having manufacturing issues, not getting the Cardinals jerseys that they wear on Sunday ready. Like, come on, guys, this is the major leagues. This is Major League Baseball. Get your stuff together. At least, obviously, if they're not ready for to be purchased by like fans, that's fine. But like to not have it ready for the forty man or the twenty six man roster just really doesn't make sense to me. But I digress.
2: Have you been, you know, checking that out, Carlos? You kind of kept going on with, with what's going on with the whole uniform thing and the the names and everything. Have you been following that?
1: You know what? I you know I watched you guys uh, the podcast you guys did on the jerseys last time and. I, I don't know if it was uh I forget which guy it was it, but you know what? I'm not a jersey guy. So I don't collect <laughs> jerseys, you know. So I I don't, you know, it, it doesn't bother me, you know. I'm not gonna buy a jersey anyways. And but I did I did look at something where the button where the button was and where the letter splits a letter, it was kind of awkward, I thought. Um, you know, like the, the patch, the patch with the uh, Guggenheim mm-hmm. uh, logo. I mean, I think it looks good in the blue one. I don't know about the white one. But you know what? It's it's all about it's a business, you know. It's all about you know sponsoring, you know, it, you know whatever company, and 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 it's it's not as bad as like other teams who have like these horrible logos. Like the, the one that stands out the most to me that that I think looks awful is the Braves. I think the Braves have like a cement company or something like that. Cody, yeah. correct me
0: if I'm wrong. Like bright yellow. On yeah, navy, it's really ugly on their navy you know? jersey. And, and yeah.
1: Yeah. So the first time I saw that, I was like, "Wow, that's you know." So we should be thankful that we don't have that issue with the Dodgers. At least the logo looks, looks decent. It doesn't like, it's not like an orange logo on the white Jersey, you know? So, but yeah, I think uh, I'm glad that I'm not a Jersey guy.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there was some, some bad ones. I remember the, uh, the match, they had like a really huge one and the text was like really small, like just in the middle. And like, why can't they just kind of tone it down a bit and kind of just make it a little bit more centered, I mean, I know that the Padres ones kind of kind of the Motorola ones kind of looks kind of ugly as well. But yeah, 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 I mean, I'm not a fan of those patches at all. But, you know, like a lot of people have mentioned, it's Guggenheim. It, it, You know, they are kind of just promoting what they're doing and what they've done, you know. So if it's got to be a patch, right, it's like, okay, you know, we can we can we can deal with that one but um, I want to switch gears a little bit real quick before we end to one of uh, Cody's, uh, another f- uh, favorite segment uh, is crapping on the angels. Um, I don't know if you guys heard anything today about uh, Anthony Rendon and, and Mike Trout, they, they both showed up to camp and, and they went and spoke to him and, and Mike and I Mike Trout, but Anthony Rendon, he's already had a pretty bad off season with some of the things that he's been saying. And I bring him up too, because I know a couple of years ago when he was a free agent, a lot of people wanted Anthony Rendon, right? They, he, came off a World Series championship with the nationals and thought hey that'd be a good guy to get, but it it's been horrible for him since he's been with the angels just injuries and uh dealing with media and fighting with fans and now it comes out that he he pretty much doesn't want to play i mean he, he kind of said it before like he wanted the, sh- the season shortened and now even today he kind of doubled down you know kind of saying you know it's, baseball's not really a priority to him um I mean you think there's any anything else worse that Anthony Rendon can keep on doing, Cody?
0: I mean, yeah. I I think all he has to do is just keep talking to the media, and it's just going to keep getting worse and worse. Um, I don't think there's much to save face for Rendon. Even if he starts playing like a full season, I think pretty much the damage has been done. But from by all indications, it doesn't look like anything's really going to change for the Angels uh, regarding this contract, which this is one of the times that I really do feel bad for the Angels because, you know, you put out a lot of money for a guy – you know, I'm here on the East Coast. I, I'm really close to DC, so like I've I grew up watching some of these national teams. And Anthony Rendon was a huge piece. You know, that was a part of those teams. Ended up winning a World Series with them, and then he takes takes the free agent market, and then he gets one of the bigger contracts for a third baseman. And he was heavily linked to the Dodgers. You know, there was a lot of Dodger fans, especially after that postseason um, and the way it ended against the Nationals. They were like, "We need a guy that's a game changer." And Anthony Rendon by all accounts, looked to be that guy. Um, But, you know, there were some reports even when he was in Washington that he just wasn't the best clubhouse guy or especially talking to the media was something that he really disliked. And Jonathan Papelbon's kind of been coming out recently saying, this guy's been hating baseball pretty much since 2014. Like it's always been like second fiddle to him, which some of the comments I do agree with uh, to a T, you know. Where he says it is his job, it is his job. You know that is his career. You know he's going there to work. Essentially, what we all do in our everyday lives. This is his nine to five. It's just that his nine to five is a lot of people's like you know dreams. Like a lot of people that either watch baseball or play baseball, they they always aspire to get to the best that you could be, and that's what Anthony Rendon ended up doing. He had the skill set to become a very good baseball player, and I still think that player is in there. But I just think the amount of injuries and you know, kind of the way the Angels have been playing the past couple of years, you know, it's he's probably just burnt out at this point, and it's kind of weird to see Anthony Rendon have this sentiment and then. Mike Trout get asked pretty much similar comments and saying, "Hey, like, what do you think about the season? Like, w- like, do you want to leave the Angels? Do you like what? What do we? What do you want to do?" And he's pretty much saying the complete opposite. He's like, "No, I want to stay here. I want to win a championship here. I want to. I want to make the playoffs again. Like, the Angels, they are my home, and I just want to be the best ball player I can be." And then you get the complete 180 with Anthony Rendon's comments, which I'm very interested to see how after this interview how his teammates kind of perceive him moving forward because usually you look at these veteran guys to be team leaders, to be clubhouse guys, to, to, you know, aspire the team to get to the postseason, which maybe this is a big reason why, you know, Otani left. Maybe this is a big reason why the angels haven't made the postseason since 2014, you know, and it's probably the reason that Mike Trout's going to go down as, you know, a hall, a no doubt hall of famer, but more than likely only going to make the playoffs one time in his career because he doesn't have much time left. You know, he, he did sign that extension, but the angels are just in a tough spot right now. And just these Rendon comments, you know, every time I read it, I kind of just want to mute Rendon in my, my Twitter feed just so I can stop seeing stuff. Cause it just makes me more and more mad when I hear, I see, you know, either athletes or celebrities at where they are in their life. And then they kind of like shit on it a little bit. So um, yeah, it, it's very interesting to see where, where the angels go from here and, kind of where Rendon goes from here too because I think he has like three years left I I it wouldn't be crazy say if he has another injury riddled season if the Angels just try to release him or just try to trade him and like eat most of the salary just to get him off the club the to just to get him off the roster
2: yeah and, and you mentioned Trout like I've always liked Trout I, I mean I thought Trout's been obviously one of the best players in the game right and when the Angels had Trout and Otani and Dodgers are playing them those are the dudes that are always like you're like okay, don't don't pitch these guys, you know, kind of stay away from these guys, right? Because those are the guys that you knew were always going to hurt you, right? Trout or Otani, and it's unfortunate for Trout, right? Like you, like like we said, you know, he's been one of the best players in the game, and I know he's been injured the last couple of seasons. I respect that he's loyal to that team, but I think it goes it goes both ways, right? I mean, I, I, you'd expect that from ownership as well. They need to be loyal back to him, and I know, yeah, they did put some players there, you know, the, Otani, right him on time but they didn't build anything else around them. Their case has always been like the pitching and so they didn't, you know, fulfill that loyalty I think back to Mike Trout as well. And you know, we've mentioned this, you know, it sucks to see him there, but that's kind of that's what he wants, right? That's what he wants to be there, so you got to you got to just, you know, let it be, right? And I mean, what do you what do you think Carlos what do you feel for 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 Mike for, Trout, you know, watching him after all, you know, over all these years, what are your thoughts on Trout? Well,
1: well uh, let me begin with the thought my thoughts on the Angels. I mean, what what a mess. What a, what a, like a disaster right now for that organization. The owner wants to sell the team. The best move they made all all offseason was the manager. I like Ron Washington. I think he's a great manager. Great coach. But what else have they done, you know? And it's like you know, Mike Trout, you know, probably going to go one of this generation's best player. He says it easy. I think he said something about the getting traded is the easy way out. And he says, no, I'm going to stay. So what are they what What can I do for him? I mean, if you were willing to spend 600 million to keep Otani or somewhere in that ballpark. Why don't you use that money and go get Montgomery or Snail one or the other and get uh, Chapman or, or Bellinger? And get two superstars at add, add that to the team, that'll change. Hope that should make the team better, but but it'll get the fans excited again to come to the stadium for a reason. How many fans are so disappointed they didn't get Otani and he left to the Dodgers, like like the worst team they could leave, you know? So that that's that's my my opinion about Mike Trout, Rendon. I mean, I'm sure that I was probably one of those people that when he won the the, the World Series, I I probably said, hey, bring him to the Dodgers. I think he would have had a different future here, but what's, what's happened with the angels and him and, and all his interaction with fans and his negative comments. I mean, he's, he's, he's turned out to be like a horrible nightmare, like one of the worst signings, which is historically happens to the angels a lot, which is, it's, it's unfortunate, but you know, I won't, I won't bash him for saying that his, you know, his family is his priority and stuff like that. I get that, but you know, it, it, he, is, it is a job. You know, if you don't want to do it, then then opt out of your contract. Save the – stop, you know, stop taking all this money. I mean, you have – yeah, you, you're – well, it's more than 95. You know, you got, the, you got the whole season where you play. But then you also have the off season where you don't work a, a, a regular job like the regular person, you know. So, I, I don't – you know, I have no um, – unfortunately, I don't have any compassion for Rendon. I think he's just become like a cancer on the team. And I think the best thing is to – I mean, teams have done it cut cut them and take and you know take your losses screw it go get Chapman you know go get go get Bellinger go get two two those two guys and a pitcher and 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 I'm sure it'll be better it'll it'll be better maybe not I mean financially they'll probably break even I don't know I don't who knows they they should they should do better if they picked up some of those three guys
2: yeah I mean it's unfortunate too that Artie Moreno has become one of those owners that just doesn't seem like he wants to do anything for the team, you know. We've we dealt with that with Frank, Frank McCourt, right? So it's kind of a similar situation. And you know, for the Angels, for their, I, I think for their situation to get better is, you know, Artie Murray has got to sell the team, and it doesn't look like he wants to do that. So it sucks. You know, I have some family and friends that are that are Angel fans and and loyal diehard Angel fans, but it, it sucks. You know that they got to see this this product for them right and even in like i said even when they had you know shohei and trout so yeah. unfortunate you know and you know you know we always talk about something that's good for the game of baseball i mean mike trout in the playoffs same thing right you want to see otani in the playoffs you want to see mike trout in the playoffs and see what he can do on, on that big stage yeah. right when 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 he was in wbc that for him was the playoffs right that was you said this is that's- great this is i love this and this is i want more of this and he wants the playoffs, right? So, you know, we'll we'll see what happens there. And a couple of little notes before we sign off. Uh, now, former Dodger David to reportedly signing with the uh, with with the Cubs. Uh, I don't know if that changes anything as far as for Bellinger, I don't think so, right, Cody? I think it's and in, in...
0: It really just depends, because if Bellinger really wanted to be a Cub and the Cubs really wanted Bellinger, I think they would have made it work. It seems like everything they went through last year. It seems like Bellinger found I always thought Bellinger just especially how his last two years ended here that he just needed a change of scenery. Um, And he ended up, you know, being really good for the Cubs down the stretch. You know, he he was probably their best player last year and, you know, he played himself into what he believed was a big payday. And a lot of teams around the league just don't agree about that just because of how, you know, fault, uh, futile, you know, his career has been, you know, it's been up and down and we've seen it as Dodger fans ourselves. Um, So, I really, honestly, you're asking me about like where do I think he's going to go, especially with these last four big free agents. Honestly, I don't really don't know where Bellinger's going to go. I don't know where Snell's going to go. I don't know where Jordan Montgomery's going to go. And Bellinger and Snell are like the two biggest ones. So, um, I honestly, you might as well just flip like a coin and, and then wherever <laughs> he goes, that's where he's going. He could go to Japan for all I know. I, I really don't know.
2: You have any thoughts on where we might see Bellinger, Carlos?
1: Um, I heard that there were discussions with the Cubs, no negotiations. I like to see him go with the angels. You know, um, I like him with the angels. I heard Snell's in, in talks with the, the Yankees again, the second time, the second go around. So we'll see if they sign him. I think, you know, Snell's a Dodger killer. If he goes to the East coast, fantastic. Let them deal with him. You know, um, I, I don't, I don't want him with the giants. You know, it, it would, you know, even though giants don't have probably a good offensive team, but if they took a snail with uh, their rotation right now, they, they'd they be a tough team every time they face the Dodgers. You, you know that they would line up their guys just to play the Dodgers in the three-game series every time they're top guys. So, uh, yeah, hopefully he goes to the East Coast. Hopefully Bellinger goes to the Angels. I think Chapman, who knows, man? I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy these guys are still out there, you know? And and, 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 and they have all the same – they they're all under Scott Boris, right? And this is, I guess, his strategy supposedly, you know? It's crazy, but you know, the game continues, whether they, they sign or not, the game's still, the game's still great, you know, and the Dodgers have made it like this season is about the Dodgers. It's about where they go travel. It's going to be packed and it's going to be like, let's, you know, BLA chant everywhere. So it's going to be the Dodgers have made baseball this year and then they're going to, they're, they, they've made it exciting for, for the entire league.
2: Yeah. And so those Cubs, I mean, they got Michael Bush now, they got David Peralta, uh, Yancy. So they're they're getting a lot of these former Dodgers and you know, they've had Bonder. if they bring back Bonder, They're gonna start looking a little bit like the Red Sox of the last couple of <laughs> years, right? Where they had a whole bunch of Dodgers on on their squad. So we'll see still a couple more more weeks before the season actually, you know, gets going and see where some of these top free agents end up. I mean, like you said, it is odd, you know, coming in, you know, middle of February now, and a lot of these guys still aren't aren't on the team. So that's not good for baseball, right? So we can agree that's not good for baseball. So hopefully they get picked up soon and you know report to camp. But yeah, that's gonna do it uh for this episode. I uh, anything uh guys think we missed? Uh, wanna any last words?
0: Yeah, I think we pretty much covered everything so far this week. Um obviously we'll have a couple more uh alive this week and then maybe another episode. So just be sure to subscribe and then have the notifications turned on. That way you guys can always be up to date with everything that we have posted here.
2: Yeah. So I want to thank you, Carlos, for you know coming out and, and filling in today, you know, just talking some baseball and hopefully we can do it again.
1: You got it, man. It's my pleasure.
2: All right. Thanks guys. We'll catch you on the next one.
1: Thank you for listening to believe.